Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. Hello and welcome to What's the Schemata. This is uh, a monthly uh, get together where we all talk about things schema therapy, and I'm here with Rob Brockman. Um, and Rob, we've got a really nice uh, guest uh, from the Netherlands. We do, we yeah. do. We have. Uh, a, do we get this right? It's, uh, Rosie Robstadt. Oh, fantastic! Is that right? We got it. Yeah, I'm trying. It's fairly okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's even okay. a, a strange name in the Netherlands, so you're doing uh, just fine pronouncing it. <laughs> nice. Can you can you pronounce for us? Robstadt. Oh, much much better. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I can introduce you a little bit more, Rosie. You're a, a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist, and you, um, and a, a, an accredited schema therapy uh, trainer and supervisor in CBT. And you have written a, a recently a, a book uh, that's been published um, called "The uh, Schema Therapy of Phase Oriented Approach in Clinical Practice," and that's why you're here with us. So yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I guess, um, Rob. Well, well, I was just going to say, even though um, we have a lot of colleagues, of course, uh, in Holland uh, doing this kind of work, I think you're the first um, uh, Dutch therapist to come onto our, sh- onto our podcast. Is that okay, right? Okay, well. Yes. Hmm, I think so. Is Rosie the first one? I think so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, there's going to be probably many more. So um, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Rosie. But, well, we... Uh, Something I usually do on the podcast is ask you a little bit about um, maybe just your background, you know, where you're from, where you practice, you know, um, and maybe even if you could give some historical context, you know, how you got into this sort of thing of being a therapist. Um, yeah. Can you give us some, some idea of that? Like, who are you, Rosie? <laughs> well, uh, I can talk the whole hour about that, but uh, I won't do that. No, I, I'm very proud to, to uh, talk about this because at the moment we are running our own a mental health care institution in the Netherlands. We are located uh, in the south of the Netherlands uh, near uh, Maastricht, uh, the place where Arnold Arns uh, used to work for a long time and uh, Hanni Vergendre and Remco van der Wijngaard also are from Maastricht. And David? So, da- David's over there? Yes, he's also uh, over here, yep. exactly. Yep. Yeah, so we are one of the uh, Dutch, uh, 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 how do you call it? Uh, Treatment centers. Of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Epicenter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is in some ways? It's happening here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Epicenter. It is. I mean, you know, in some ways, it's the it is one of the epicenters of schema therapy. I mean, in terms of the, the research and the, the practice, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we all started out, uh, we are with uh, five uh, together, three uh, clinical psychologists and uh, two uh, drama therapists. We started out as colleagues of uh, Arnoud uh, and uh, Honey uh, doing schema therapy. Uh, and now here we are having our own uh, mental health care uh, institution and we only do scare- schema therapy for the whole day. We practice it in uh, individual sessions and in groups. And we also teach about it, uh, write articles about it, do workshops uh, in the Netherlands, in Germany, in Belgium, in England for the ISSD. So it's very nice to be, yeah, that we are able to do this uh, for the whole day and for the whole week. So you're a full-time so, schema therapy yeah, exactly. extraordinaire, you know, yeah, doing I even everything. Yeah, schema therapy, so yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we can relate yeah. to some of that, Chris, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially absolutely. in the last couple of months. 
Well, but what got you into it? What got you into schema therapy? Well, it's um, um, that's a good question. It's it kind of happened. Uh, I uh, when I uh, finished high school, I, I wanted to be in. Uh, I started law school. I wanted to be a lawyer or a judge, but um, judge. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> it would have been yeah. like a full-time critic, like a full-time punitive <laughs> critic or something, just handing out yeah, punishments. Or, you know? yeah, or, or an healthy adult, uh, helping uh, people. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I switched it to a psychology and uh, my, I majored in uh, neuropsychology. So I was very much more with this whole brain uh, thing. I didn't like a clinical psychology uh, that much. It was, I thought it was too vague and it was not evidence-based and you know, it was not my thing. But when I started working, I got much more attracted to the things I didn't understand. Um, I think I, I am somebody who likes uh, things that are difficult. I don't like uh, uh, an even path. I like to search. Uh, I like to seek the more difficult things. Uh, so I ended up with personality disorders. And during my uh, education... Uh, I hope you don't mean that you ended up with a personality disorder. You, you mean um, you started working working on personality disorders. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that attracts me is that I recognize a lot of what our patients go through and not in the sense that I also have personality disorders. Sure, sure. Of course not. But these, uh, these, these pitfalls we get into mm. and these emotions that can be so overwhelming, you know, and the struggles uh, that's all of our lives uh, bring uh, every now and then. I think I, I can relate to that. And that is, that is also one of the things that attracts me yeah. in doing this work, especially on schema therapy. What's well, humanity as well, isn't it? It's just humanity. As much as we started with the personality disorders, we're talking yeah, about coping exactly. styles, the way people protect themselves. And that's exactly. um, inherently relevant, isn't it? To exactly. everybody. And yeah. yeah, I always say, Rosie, um, just joking around because, you know, the statistics say something like one in 10 people, if you add, add up all the statistics, one in 10 people have a diagnosable personality disorder. So that means, you know, at Christmas, when you're sitting around the barbecue with all your family members, you know, statistically, there's going to be one or two people there at the barbecue uh, who would meet criteria. And it's, so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's reality. Um, you know, some of these traits are ubiquitous and, and, you know, not, it's not that extraordinary thing, actually. Mm -hmm. So, no, exactly. Rosie, you've been obviously busy. It sounds like the book initially was in the, in the in Dutch, and then you've translated yes. into into uh, English, and so it's um so it's, it sounds like it's very widely available. Um, so could could you tell us a little bit about what the phase uh, phase uh, based um, and orientated approach is about? Like, how does it fit with traditional schema therapy? Maybe what's the book called, Rosie? Yeah. We, we spoke a little bit about it. It's yeah, a I, I have it here. Yep. It's called yep. uh, Therapy. <laughs> a phase-oriented phase approach. Yeah. A phase-oriented approach. Uh, and uh, it, it elaborates on one of the ideas. I was reading uh, Jeff books, Jeffrey Young's book uh, this week again. And he also uh, talks about the emotional development uh, of uh, children. And that is what this book uh, is uh, elaborates on. So we try to think of this uh, whole therapy process and also the development uh, of the clients as uh, kind of like the same way a child develops. So, you know, a child first is a baby with uh, especially a need for uh, safety. 
and uh, bonding and then this child grows up and uh, for example when it's when he's in pu puberty he has totally different needs he's much more focused on autonomy and trying things out and that is basically the same way uh, a client develops in this therapy process and it also gives direction to what you have to do as a therapist in your limited reparenting yeah. and when you have this baby so yeah. to say in your therapy yeah. room you do different things than when you're a bit further up in the therapy process and you have this adolescent in your therapy room so the so needs change over time the, the, the yeah. focus yeah. yeah exactly exactly yeah. 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 yeah 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 well you've really detailed i guess what what is made was already in schema therapy and that's the idea of a developmental idea but you've very much detailed how that how that might look you know in terms of how you phase the therapy yeah, like, you know, exactly. it's going to impact how you start at the beginning when the child, you know, the child and the client is, is I guess, more developmentally um, not, not mature, you know, uh, not functioning as an adult all the way through to adolescence. And you're overlaying that developmental trajectory uh, on, a, on a set of phases. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the big advantages in our view is that uh, it, it gives uh, so much more direction in what you can do as a therapist. You know, over here in the Netherlands, uh, we have this uh, luxurious uh, position that, that therapy can take as long as you want, you know. You're not uh, bound to uh, a maximum, uh, 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 you don't have to count your sessions, you can do 15 yeah. therapy sessions in a year. You can. And this is the culture. Years. This is the culture yeah. for therapists. It's funny you say that because um, on our book, we, you know, we, we've also just finished off. Um, we wrote uh, with Remco as one of the co-authors. I don't know if you, I know you know Remco. I don't know if you've worked with him or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, yeah. he very much was pushing this phase-based idea into our book as well. Uh, and I didn't realize that a lot of that may have come from some of your ideas, um, but that's in there too. So, you know, we've, we've got yeah. some pretty clear guidance in there as well about, about, um, the, you know termination in therapy you know in schema therapy and some of those issues yeah. is that is that in your book yeah yeah that's that's uh, that's exactly in my book we we found that uh uh it's you know i think also because of our teaching we find so many uh uh therapists struggling with this idea of okay well this is a long and intense uh, therapy and uh, I, the aim is that somebody gets cured from his uh, personality disorders. But you know, like we were discussing earlier, what exactly is a personality disorder? When are you healthy enough uh, to, to cope with uh, all the things that uh, daily life uh, bring? <clears throat> so before you know it, you get stuck in this uh, endless search for perfection or, 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 or being more healthy or coping even better so or having um, no no coping modes yeah exactly. like uh, yeah. only ever being the healthy adult or something like this exactly yeah so it's gonna i was gonna ask you like we i often work with a lot of um, trauma clients and we've got the you know there's a phase-based approach to trauma processing we're not talking about the same sort of thing though are we we're no. kind of, yeah so can you tell us a bit of how would you see the differences because this is probably something that you know, a lot of people listening, we might go, oh, you know, schema therapy, you know, we're talking the same thing versus this type yeah. of, you know. Um, well, they might say, oh, yeah. oh, this is just another phase-based thing. Or mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's very good that you asked that, Chris, because I was thinking about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. I thought, oh, well, I could have said that in the foreword. I wasn't 
aware of that when I when I wrote the book. Mm. Um, but uh, the the phase based approach in uh, in the trauma therapy is more like first you stabilize, mm. uh, then you uh, um, uh, go through the trauma, um, yeah. and then you uh, wrap it up and uh, uh, go into your life. Yeah. This this phase based approach is uh, different in that it really. Uh, uh, focuses on uh, uh, in each phase you uh, process things. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you um, you from the start of therapy you start processing things, mm. um, working with trauma and making a connection with the vulnerable child. Uh, so you start with that very early on. It's not something that you yeah. uh, postpone. Uh, because okay. that's a, I guess that's a quest that we and Rob and a lot of uh, supervisors often are really trying to get people to use experiential techniques like imagery, chair work, and this sort of stuff. And that's the 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 issue sometimes. So you're saying basically do experiential, you know, techniques within the phase that you're in, but it's not about you, you can't do experiential techniques until you're stabilized. It's a different model and different concept. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We we really feel that it's very important to start with experiential experiential techniques very early on because that's way you get used to it as a therapist, but the clients get used to it, and it's it's at the core of schema therapy that you also do uh, experiential techniques. Yeah. And uh, in my book and in this phase based approach, we uh, you know when therapy starts, it's all about safety, safety and connection. Yeah. So you uh, do these exercises, uh, starting with these basic needs. You so you bring in a lot of safety. So um, and uh, for example, that shows in the structure you bring. Uh, you ask, for example, uh, very guided questions. You don't say, "Can you tell me something?" But you try to use uh, directed, structured uh, questions. So you help the clients. That way to connect with these uh, anxious, uh, distressing feelings, but you do it. Yeah. So, and in the in the in the next phase, the client, eh, the, the the relationship is, uh, is stable. You're connected. There's safety between you and the clients. Then you can bring up the tension a bit. Eh? Then yep. you can the window of tolerance is a bit bigger. You can ask a bit more. Then uh, you you can uh, uh, be a bit less specific. Eh? You you so safety is not the first need anymore. So there's some sort of objectives that you're trying to aim, some rationale that you're using to yeah. get to that posting, that that position, and then moving into the next phase, rather than it being a sort of a open ended kind of process. There's some objectives yeah. that you're working towards. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really like working with mm. with objectives. You know, I really like to uh, make the comparison with the children in school. I don't know how uh, it is uh, organized in Australia, but over here we have uh, these different grades, and uh, all the children are supposed to go from the first grade to the second, yeah. but they have to meet certain <coughs> certain goals, certain levels. You know, and when a child, uh, when a teacher thinks, "Oh my God, this child is not." reading it that well mm. uh, the teacher does some things to help the child mm. yeah yeah and in most cases to get up yeah. to reach that level and also be able to go to the next two grades and this is why these objectives are so important uh, and we try to think about these objectives as like also some of the uh, developmental objectives uh, that mm. come with the de developmental stages 
you know, as a child, you have to go through several developmental yeah. uh, crises <laughs> to reach the next yeah. developmental level. Yeah. And, and that's what you try to achieve uh, uh, in this phase-based approach. It makes sense. It makes sense, Rosie. So, so Great. What, one of the ways, I'm glad. It's uh, not. <laughs> one of the ways that um, this overlays is through the objectives. And those objectives that you focus on at the start of the treatment um, would be quite different. You know, I imagine it might be things like uh, building mode awareness and building safety, and they're a part of the objectives. And then it's going to shift. And you know, towards the end of treatment, it may be you know, a common one I get in my practice might be an objective like um, learning how to set boundaries and implement boundaries with people and be more autonomous or something like this. Yeah, exactly. But if you tried to do this in the beginning of the treatment, uh, probably it would be a disaster. You know, to to get someone in the beginning of treatment to run out and set boundaries and all those things. So you know, but with this with a developmental approach uh, across some phases, that makes makes sense. So your objectives will change, you know, across the therapy. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. say enough too, Rosie, how important um, those objectives are. Just just in the formulation, you know, um, working with supervisees how important it is to, to get them to focus on a few objectives, you know, at any, at any given time, you know, um, and, and, and the way in which that can, that can guide the treatment, because often they'll say, well, what should I do? Should I do imagery? Should I do, you know, should I do chairs? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, there may be a hundred things you could do in a session with a client, you know, that you could dream up, but if you've got the objectives there, that then it's sort of, sort of like a meta goal, you know, so it's a sort of overarching objective. And then you could pick and choose something that would meet the objective. Exactly, exactly. And we also like to make these objectives, uh, in some cases, a bit more smart. You know, like in schema therapy, the main objective always is uh, enlarging the healthy adults. You know, that's overall the, yep. the end goal. But uh, yep. when you, when you, when you uh, overlay this, with these developmental objectives, then yeah. the steps already get smaller. Yeah. Uh, and some of these steps we try to make very smart. Like what, what one of the things I really like is that exactly the way you say, yeah, Rob, in the, the first phase of therapy, you really want to um, uh, work on mode awareness. Yep. You know, that a client knows, okay, well, I have a coping mode and this is what it does. This is when it's helpful. This is when it's not helpful. Okay, I have a, I have a punitive appearance. And then in the second phase, you know, that's really the, the, the active phase of therapy here. You really want to, the relationship is set. You really want to start processing uh, the traumas, really aim for schema corrective uh, experiences. Then it has, then you have to work on really uh, bypassing the coping modes. Because, you know, when there's still a coping mode, there's not much to process. So uh, you really have to aim at bypassing yep. coping modes. And one of the things that we, uh, especially in group sessions, that we sometimes do is that we talk about this with the, with the client. Well, there's still a lot of you in your coping mode. It's really it's important that this uh, changes. So why don't we try the next session that when you are in group, that you are there for 30% mm. in your coping modes and 70% in your vulnerable child modes. Yep. And then so. it's not the case that we are there, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Marking them. <laughs> scoring. Well, I was going to ask you about this because I was going to say, like, after each phase, is there an exam or something? Or is there some sort of like, <laughs> like is it an yeah. open book assessment? 
Like, how do you like a neuropsych test? Rosie can come up with a neuropsych test for each phase or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you mentioned some of these objectives, but how do you, um, you know, how do you go? How do you know when the clients achieve them? How do they know when they've you've kind of is it explicit? Do you, you discuss it? Like, how's it work? Yeah, exactly. We try to make it very explicit, and we also try to make it a mutual uh, responsibility. Uh, it's uh, over here in our own facility. We we, yeah, we, uh, we do everything. We try to do everything uh, uh, conform this uh, phase based approach. And then you see that the clients are also uh, uh, they talk that way and they uh, speak to each other about the question. Well, are you uh, ready for phase two uh, or are you, uh, you there's wow. something you still need yeah. to work on? <laughs> so we really try wow. to make it very uh, mutual. And so we discuss it uh, explicitly also when therapy starts. We try to explain uh, this uh, to our patients. Um, uh, this is it. We, we divide the therapy in phases. We are going to start mm -hmm. this way in this uh, for the next couple of It sounds months. a lot more planned than the therapy I think that I do in, in, a, yeah. in a certain way. Hmm. You know, um, I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. I'm touching, hmm. you know, certain things, that, you know, but it sounds like, you, you know, really quite structured in the way that you come across with the phases like my favorite objective probably after um, building mode awareness and safety would is oftentimes this is how i i, I talk about it um uh you know uh, uh uh reducing reducing the over dominance of the critic and 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 building healthy adult compassion that that's one of one of the objectives that i you know so that's often a very obvious target for clients you know, there might be several things going on, but but the real dominance of that critic uh, mm -hmm. in the system of their of their conceptualization um, is an often an easy place to start. You know, to do some experiential work or something like that. Uh, is that? Do you find a similar thing that the, uh, the you know the fa the phases might be, or the objectives might be centered around work, say, with a critic or what that kind of yeah, thing? Sure. Even more, I'm keen on like what say if you were starting. Say this is a good example, like Rob, Rob, and I think I would be very similar to you, Rob. But how would you start? What would the objectives be that's different to what Rob mentioned? Because I think I could really relate to what Rob said. What, what Would there be anything different in terms of the initial kind of mini? It's kind of almost like a mini phase, I guess, what you're, I'm, I'm assuming that you're talking about too. Uh, am I correct? What do you mean a mini phase? Well, it just seems like that might be uh, some of the things that Rob's mentioned, you know, feels like that might be kind of an overarching thing that I definitely would be sort of seeking forward to do too. But I don't know whether it's the same sort of thing as... as is Chris is it, and I hang out too much and yeah, we are we, the same things? <laughs> are, we this, are we talking about the same thing or are you talking about some sort of more, you know, some more specific kind of uh, yeah. examination guidelines, <laughs> you know, like some you know points where people have to sort of meet a, a criteria? Yeah, exactly. And the way you say it now, Chris, is it sounds quite strict and firm. That that's well, not. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's not, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not the idea. I want. Yeah, I'm not doing it. We're not saying it's the demanding <laughs> critic of schema therapy or something. No, no, we're not. We're joking. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, no, but there but is I... something in being a little bit structured about about yeah. what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I really try to, you know, maybe uh, the, the, the school parallel is not uh, totally matching it because school mm. does go with exams and tests. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, that's not that's not uh, that's not uh, how we do it. But it's, it's really helpful. It, it, it gives guidance for mm. yourself as a therapist, but also for the client and in that way, safety. 
uh, when you uh, are uh, explicit about the yeah. steps uh, you want the client to take. And in my experience, and I really like to know if you recognize that, when you talk about a healthy adult with clients, it's really like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's what I have mm. to achieve. But uh, yeah. how do I wake up one day and then, mm. ta-da, there is my healthy adult? Or <laughs> And it's also a very common thing, I think, uh, talking to supervisees, oftentimes they may not take that leap. Like they might say, I've been doing all this imagery and nothing's helping or nothing's really changing. And you go back and you, you realize they haven't made the leap to get the client actually to do some of that work and to start to build a healthy adult. Um, so it just speaks to the importance of that. Um, but but also what I realized, a lot of the things you're saying, Rosie, you know, looking developmentally at the phases, et cetera, um, these are the, if you speak to very experienced chemotherapists, I think it's the kind of thing that they do anyway. But I think what you're doing is really crystallizing that, you know, for, for therapists to say, here's some guidance about, about that. You know, if you spoke exactly. to Jeff Young or if you spoke to people like that about, you know, why you're doing that, they sort of do that almost in a sort mm -hmm. of creative way or an intuitive way. They are doing those things and it can be hard to capture and hard to write about. And you've managed to mm -hmm. do that in your book. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, it's almost very nice to hear other people say these things uh, because I'm in it. So it's sometimes it's hard for me to see what uh, uh, what the book is about. But I think you're right. You know, here in the net, the book has been selling. Uh, it's been quite popular here in the Netherlands, and it's it's uh, uh, it's read by uh, experienced therapists, but also by uh, starting a therapist. And both groups are equally uh, enthusiastic about it. And I think it's about this. Because for the uh, starting therapist, it offers a lot of guidance in how you bring more structure, knowing a bit mm. like uh, what can I do each session. There are also many, many, many experiential exercises in the book. So some people tell me, well, I take your book, I, I watch what exercise shall I do? And then I do that exercise. So that's the problem. Well, something came me. into my mind too now is that we were, we were talking about the phases at the start and the middle, but we didn't really go more towards the end. Um, could you say something about that? Like maybe something about the kind of objectives that are common at the end of treatment in your phases. Um, yeah, yeah. And maybe something about termination. That I, I think it's a very interesting topic, termination. Something that we really Even the word. About. This sounds a bit. Even no. the words kind of <laughs> kind terminate. Endings, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are terminated. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Dutch we use the word disconnecting uh, a lot. You know, oh wow! Yeah. Gets it to work Sounds on Sounds even worse in English, like. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, you have to uh, mm. loosen that connection uh, again mm. and make it uh, make it a healthy uh, connection. Uh, well, it, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, you know, I, I said something about for the first phase and then the second phase and then the third phase is one of my favorites. That's really when a puberty comes in and then uh, you see the, uh, the client struggle with, on the one hand, all the things that he notices that, that uh, get better. You know, people really are harvesting a bit from all the hard work, uh, they, they, they really are uh, getting some um, schema corrective experiences. So you see them grow, but also, you know, it's still very fragile and they're struggling with their friends and their, 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 their profession and their daily life. So in this, the, one of the main objectives in this third phase is trying to uh, really like you do with, uh, with, with a teenager, offer guidance, 
uh, and uh, uh, limits, but also uh, stimulates. Just do it on yourself, try yeah. it on your own, uh, find out your way. I'm here to help you, but you just go and try out. I have to ask you this world. question, Rosie. I have to ask you this question because I think it's one of the hardest things to deal with as a schema therapist. You know, this all sounds great. There's always there's always those clients who who would like the therapy a bit too much, and they don't want to enter that the final phases, right? The autonomy phase. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How do yeah. we approach this? How do you approach this? How do you approach these clients that they just like the caring phase maybe a lot, you know, and they don't want to enter the phase of autonomy or the healthy adult necessarily. Yeah. In other words, yeah. they may become a bit dependent on the therapy or not be wishing to ch to sort of change in, in a way. Exactly. I, I'll start with some self-disclosure. For me personally, these are the hardest the clients. Mm. I really, <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> mm. But uh, <clears throat> I think that, uh, uh, well, uh, a lot of empathic confrontation is needed yeah. then. And, um, uh, and I think, um, you know, in the, in the first part of therapy, these empathic confrontations are really empathic. Yeah? You have a lot of understanding and empathy. And by the end? Is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in this phase, yeah, yeah. I think, I really think like I do with my children. I am the mother of uh, two teenagers at home. Um, you know, in this phase, you really are also a bit more uh, confronting. You say, well, this mm. is it. Yeah. You know, you know, you know more you're more aware that also means that you have more responsibility in the choices you're going to make and you can mm -hmm. uh, uh, choose, you know, yeah. you can choose of repeating your schemas, but you mm. also aware that you have other choices you can make. Mm. You know, in this phase, it's really about, uh, well, uh, offering this guidance. Yeah, I know what I want. Uh, I know the choice I want you to make. I know what I want for you. I know but, but mm. I think so I have my opinion. Mm. Yeah. So how Go important ahead. do you see it, Rosie, um, for most clients, and let's say even clients with a cluster B traits or abandonment schemas, to really set some end, ending, you know, to the treatment, to say, okay, you know, to negotiate this, to say, okay, we must enter this sort of final phase. We must enter the phase of autonomy, right, uh, and competence, and to help you self-manage. You know, and how important is it to set an end date, actually? Yeah, I, 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 that's one of the things I would really like, uh, you know, in the future for some evidence to be, yes, for some mm. scientific research to be done on this issue, because I really think it's helpful. And then I also, uh, I, I, I relate to myself. I also like to know, uh, you know, we have been in a therapy uh, process with my, uh, uh, with my youngest daughter. Uh, it was really helpful to know that, uh, that upfront I knew, okay, this is going to happen. It's going to take yeah. that much time. Uh, yeah. Then uh, by then it's going to end. Mm. Uh, um, so I really think it's very important to because it's it's you know it's also limit setting, and that mm. is what provides safety. And can um, be motivating too. Imagine it could be motivating knowing that it's not un unlimited, and there's you know what and what you're trying to achieve 
you know. Exactly. And one of the things uh, that is here in the Netherlands uh, now uh, uh, coming up is this idea of more an intermittent uh, therapy for personality mm. disorders that you mm. uh, give a high mm. intense dose of one yep. of the evidence-based therapies. Mm. So you really help somebody to get up on their feet yep. and then uh, for a certain amount of time and then you uh, you end the therapy, somebody goes ahead, tries, tries, sees what happens mm. and then, uh, you know, in one, two, Two, three, four, five, six years, somebody uh, can come back when 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 several issues are arising again, and then you give some booster sessions or you really pinpoint some yeah. of the uh, issues. I really <gasps> like that idea. Mm. Yeah, like I love what you say, Rosie. Like pulses of treatment in terms of you know yeah well exactly. yeah, another thing that we wanted to ask. I mean, like me and Rob are quite interested in experiential approaches. Um, and it seems like you, you know, when you wrote this book, um, from speaking to you beforehand, um, you collaborated with a lot of, um, drama therapists and we're always interested yeah. in new, uh, you know, experiential exercises and new ways that we can kind of, um, yeah, copy you basically, <laughs> you know, some new, which is hard, you know, to experiential exercises are often like so fantastic for clients, but you, it's hard to get the sort of the uh, to create new things so yeah did you find any um, particular exercises that you want to share <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah of course uh, and maybe uh, because Rob was asking about this uh, last phase of therapy we haven't talked about that uh, yet but maybe I can uh, I can highlight uh, some of the uh, experiential exercises we like to do in this uh, last phase of uh, therapy <clears throat> because in this last uh, phase of uh, therapy is, is that okay chris and, yeah, and then oh, we have yeah, time yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah quite some casual yeah. I, I you know i have a lot so so uh, the other phase i i can also uh uh pull up some exercises for the other phases but uh, yeah. you know in this last phase of therapy it's all about uh, uh trying you know like uh your child leaving home Mm -hmm. uh, for his uh, education or going to university or starting a job whatever it's very much like you know giving confidence but also being like a kind of a um, a frame that he can uh, he can fall back on so a lot of these exercises are related to uh, building confidence in yourself knowing that you can deal with relapse mm. uh, for mm. example but also about uh, uh, accepting uh, your pitfalls accepting that you're only human and that you always be good at some things and not so good in other things and one of the exercises we really like to do that's called uh, what's your plan yeah it's kind of comes from uh, also some acceptance and commitment uh, therapy influences are in it and then um, how how am i going to do this okay um Shoot. You have three Shoot chairs. Three chairs. Okay, got three it. Chairs. Three chairs. We're gonna you're gonna showcase your online schema skills now, Rosie. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, only. Three chairs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you uh, put all the chairs uh, with uh, you know when the client sits on it, he sits with his nose up front. So it's like in a bus. You know, okay. The, yep. The, okay. Yep. A driver in the bus, and then two passengers are sitting uh, behind uh, the yep. bus driver. Um, and first, uh, you ask the client to sit in one of the chairs in the back, 
and you ask him, well, what is this thing? And mostly it's always vulnerability. What is this vulnerability that keeps putting you down or keeps uh, making you doubt uh, the, the, the steps you want to take or the actions you want to take? Then you help the client you know in this phase, you can trust on it that the client can uh, bring out this vulnerability also with some emotion. You know, it's not disconnected anymore. It's in contact mm -hmm. with the feelings. Mm -hmm. And when the client has uh, done that, has talked about, well, I'm always doubting, well, uh, you know, in my own schema of failure, that it's not going to work, that it's going to be a total mess up, <laughs> that I'm not going to succeed. Okay, well, yes, then you ask the client. That's very familiar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Is, you're really doing this with me. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm in the bus. Yeah. Okay. Hey, great. <laughs> Then you ask the client to sit on the other chair. Yep, I'm there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you, and that's the that's that's the the position where uh, like this uh, a mashup of coping mode and parents uh, okay. mode is always pulling at us. You know, I always have this voice in my head saying, "Well, you should be scared because you're not going to succeed. Nobody is." Uh, uh, is waiting uh, is waiting for this so what it would just uh -huh. don't do it uh, you know it's like yeah. and do you anchor this to you know when you said it's a plan like um what's your plan does that mean you know on this bus you're moving towards something let's exactly. say uh, i plan to have a relationship and okay exactly. so now yeah. we're it's in the bus it has a context yeah yeah we're, we're moving exactly. towards having a relationship now who shows up on the bus Exactly, exactly. And I like that. In, in our, even in our lives, those two passengers trying to get us back into the yeah. old pattern always show up. This would be a cool way to do chair work for clients that don't like doing chair work. You say, let's just pretend yeah. we're on a bus. And, and you know, we're, we're not even doing chair, we're just on a bus, you know. It feels more yeah, like yeah, a bobsled, <laughs> like a bobsled. Is that... I've got this picture in my mind that you've got the guys that run, like the cool runnings with the Jamaican guys all jumping in. And in the middle, there's these two kind of the critic and the avoider or whatever modes that are there. Okay, you just so made a new technique, Chris, <laughs> the schema bobsled. Yeah. Well, so what happens next? What's the next? So what's the health? I'm assuming the person at the front, the driver is the healthy adult. Is that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when you have these drivers, these passengers, uh, you have them a bit uh, uh, clear. Then you ask the, the, the client to sit on the front seat. And that's indeed the healthy right. adult position where you, in this phase of therapy, you want to go forward. You have a plan, you want something, uh, you want indeed a relationship or you want to start dating or you want to apply for a new job. But these two bastards <laughs> always keep... <laughs> right, so they try to you turn you around or get you to put the brakes on or, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so uh, in, the, in this front position, you, you ask the client, okay, so this is going on inside you. But you have a plan, you want something. Uh, and then you help uh, the client to really make, um, uh, to specify this plan. What action are you going to take? Right. So you don't ask the clients, like earlier in schema therapy, you want to battle eh, for yep. with this coping mode, yep. or you want to nurture yep. the vulnerable mm -hmm. child. Yep. That's not basically where the energy goes now. Yep. The energy goes uh, yeah. to the future. Yep. What's your plan when this happens? Right. What are you going to do? How, how yep. are you yeah. going to do So in this? ACT, they call these passengers on a bus. Yeah. But, so that's the schema rendition. 
but the yeah. purpose is diffusion right so dif diffusion to get some distance from those things and then you can you can still uh, make action you know you can still proceed towards your values exactly. or what you want exactly and, and use this to get in touch with your needs again eh? because when when you know even from my own experience when i started to write this book i also had this happening eh? <laughs> and i see you doing yeah. this now gesticulating with your hands you know often in the in the therapy room i'll be doing these ones you know what she's going to say you know, we know yeah, the critics exactly. here, but you, it sounds like you're in the therapy going like this all the time. Remember, she's going to say, who's behind, right? Who's, who's in the back seat having, having some, something to say? Ro Rosie, I have another question for you, which is a bit more um, of a reflective question. Uh, you know, I, I've always, and I think there's some science behind this, actually. Um, it's always good when you can start, start a question like that, talking about the science, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it's often said that in the process of writing, that that it's a really great way to learn a topic. And I've certainly found that over the years mm. that, um, you know, having the space to sit back and, and write, uh, there's a sort of uh, clarity of mind or uh, crystallization that can happen of the concepts. It can be a great way to learn. Um, and I wonder whether you could share with some of the listeners um, some of the things you learned even, you know, writing the book and as a therapist perhaps yeah well i learned a lot from writing it's a book on on so many levels uh um first of all just like you say i it really helped me as a therapist you know to uh what i did for the book is because, yeah because many of the concepts and the exercises that are in the book we developed with in working together with the five of us so i talked to, to my uh colleagues uh, a lot uh, I, I let them talk to me and I try to structure it and, 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 and really pinpoint, okay, what is, what is this really about? So it really helped me to uh, get into this uh, meta position of overviewing what we're doing and uh, seeing uh, the structure in, in all of it. That's really helped me also as a therapist because I, uh, I, I could be uh, much more focused and uh, see, uh, uh, get more uh, sense of what was happening in, in the session. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's, as, a, as a teacher, it also helped me a lot because I was so uh, into all this uh, theory. I, I, I read all the other schema therapy books again. I, I read research articles. I talked to people. So it really, as a teacher, it helped me mm -hmm. to uh, explain uh, the concepts better. And for me as a human, it also helped me helped me a lot because I really had to fight my own schemas. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm always, uh, uh, it's not difficult for me to get enthusiastic about something. That's really kind of like my first uh, uh, nature. But so what was proceed... it, Rosie? What, what were your passengers of the bus? What was, what was going on for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I also I have this... Uh, <laughs> failure schema right. like it's not uh, you know it's, yeah. it's going to be worthless uh, and yeah. then uh, I you know this uh, my parent mode uh, put some perfectionism on it it really has to be a perfect mm -hmm. uh, and I writing the book I recognized it that it was uh, that earlier yeah. in my life this really was always a showstopper for me mm -hmm. you know I have been in the position of writing things before but I never got to it because I always found myself first wanting to know more, reading more, um, 
doing more preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. I never got to start, mm. so I never got to finish. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things uh, that uh, my healthy adult had to do. Okay, I have a plan. I want to write this book. And what do I need? I need help. I need to make uh, it into small steps. I don't have uh, to watch there, but I have to watch And it's here. a process, right, Rosie? Mm. Uh, I guess the healthier, in my mind, uh, if I think about the big projects I've done, you know, you have to look at it as a process. You don't want to be yeah. in a situation of thinking, I need all the details now. You have to sort of think about this is going to be a process. And by the end, okay, we'll have some answers. But in these yeah. moments, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to yeah. come together slowly. Yeah. And, and we're yeah. going to fail some things and we're going to, going to go down a rabbit hole. So in a way, we've, it sounds like you had schematherapy on yourself, actually. That was one of the things about writing the book, you know, that it was an opportunity to, to, to confront that. Exactly. And the way you talk about it now, it's much like a, a parallel uh, process because, you know, that's what we do in therapy, that we divide it in very small steps and uh, just uh, go ahead or uh, walk, walk together. Some things go well, some things uh, need some uh, extra time or extra exercise. Yeah, and you take all these small steps to reach, uh, to reach the end goal. In a way, that's the same uh, way I did it uh, with my book. So... This is the selling piece, I guess, for, you know, obviously it sounds like a fantastic book and sounds like a fantastic stimulating read, but um, what do you reckon is for you, what's the best best bit about this type of approach, the phase-oriented approach? And yeah, what, what could you tell our listeners? What's the, what's the take-home message you want to provide to them? Uh, Buy the book uh, because. <laughs> what's the bit? Yeah, what's the bit that you like the most about it? Elevator you, pitch. There you go. Yeah, elevator <laughs> pitch. You got like. Oh, that, that really puts up my standards very oh, high. Yeah. Uh, I thought those were oh, healed yeah. already. Oh. <laughs> exactly. No, really buy the book because it's uh, it's uh, it's it gives structure and direction mm. for your therapy. And it really helps you to take a step by step approach and yeah. help your clients to get a happier life. Basically. It's easy. It's quite easy to get lost. I think obviously it's a longer term treatment, and I think this is it sounds um, you know, for what you've been saying. It's crystallizing, you know, things in terms of objectives rather than it being this sort of open kind of journey and you don't know where you're going and it's almost like a lighthouse like a series of lighthouses that you're heading on a journey and knowing what is inside the lighthouse and being able to be very clear with that with your clients and yourself as well so is that is it, would that be a good you know sort of description in some ways for yeah yeah i think so i think so i once read some research that uh, a process is easier when you try to visualize it as a real journey you know with 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 uh, 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 how do you call it places you want to visit you know and and stretches you want to uh, uh, pass so uh, I, I i that i think that's that that is what this is Great. Yeah. yeah sounds awesome well, Rosie, is there anything else? I think we've sort of covered a lot of the territory that we wanted to cover today with you, but um, was there anything else you wanted to mention or any anything else that we could discuss in the last few minutes of the podcast? Um, no, 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 no. Well, I don't know. That's yeah. a very open question. Yeah. <laughs> very open. Very, very open. We I hope, hope to see you. Read it. And, uh, how's how's the Netherlands know, uh, going? How are you guys going over there? How they, they, we finish off with something more personal. How, how's things going over there at the moment? Um, everything's opening up at the moment around the world, mostly. 
Oh yeah, but here the, the figures uh, are rising again. Uh, we uh, keep to be uh, Europe's uh, uh, worst <laughs> COVID uh, case. Uh, so Another uh, epicenter. Yeah, yeah? Mm. you guys will be the schema therapy epicenter and the COVID and epicenter. the COVID <laughs> uh, epicenter. Yeah, exactly. So no, it's not. Uh, uh, yesterday uh, we heard these new figures and they're really rising mm. again. And the hospitals are also handling yeah. a lot of new COVID patients again. So it's. Mm. Uh, it's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, this winter, we, you know, we're starting winter here. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be uh, a tight case. So if we can yeah. stay open or if things will be closing mm. up again. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so in a way, Rosie, you kind of wrote a book during COVID, could you say? Yeah. Yeah, that this was the COVID no, yeah, book I, or this is the no, time I wrote of your it life. Before, eh? Wow. It's, it's the Dutch version was published before, yeah. so uh, it was uh, uh, before COVID. Uh, yeah. I wrote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, right. so that's awesome. during COVID. That's yeah. awesome. It's absolutely been lovely having you um, on board and to talk about your work and to talk about um, your new book. Um, so we'd love to be able to catch up with you again down the track. Yeah, uh, Chris. Hopefully, we get you maybe down in the southern hemisphere at one point, and it's it's been lovely getting to know you a bit more and and um, this fantastic piece that you've um, put out. I always think it's it's important when people put out you know some work to kind of yeah really call it, and it's obviously been a lot of work for you. So it's really Chris is known to run some workshop in, in Bali every couple of years mm. uh, in normal times. I don't know if that would happen again, yeah. but. Hopefully, hopefully we'll I told, to... I told my kids, maybe we can go to Bali sometime. Yeah. So, uh... yeah, yeah. Uh, so Rosie's already planned it. <laughs> well, look, look, thank you very much, Rosie. And uh, we hopefully, you know, we might see you again soon. And to everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this uh, hour of the uh, schema therapy. What's the schemata? Um, and we'll be seeing you guys soon. So uh, until then, see you soon. Till then, see you all soon. See you, Rosie. Bye, thank you.